Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning. We thank you for our beautiful family. We thank you for bringing us all here together safely and health, healthy. Father, we just ask that you open our hearts, Lord God. Open us up, Lord, to hear what you have given me for today, Lord God. And I just ask and, and thank you, Lord, for using me as a vessel to deliver this message, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want to share um, a little message that I think is something we all do, we all can relate to. And I'm um, sorry, my eyes are still watering a little bit. <clears throat> um, it's something that God has been teaching me, um, and it gets louder and louder <laughs> the more I learn and the more I open up to it. Um, but I think it's something that we all struggle with at some level to some degree. And as this month is Women's Month, I think it's safe to say that women really struggle with this. <laughs> and while it's Women's Month, and just like all the beautiful women before me have spoken and shared, um, I, don't, I don't want the men to check out. This is something that God has given me, and I think it applies to all of us, and I think we can all, I know that we can all apply it at some level, and I'm actually really excited that you shared that video because um, God is just so cool and <laughs> how he links everything together. None of us women knew what we were each sharing about. I mean, we might have given each other a title or um, a small snippet, but none of us really knew where we were diving in. And the last time I talked to Rebecca, she had a completely different message. Um, but God has placed something on our hearts and I love how he just blends it all together so that we can really get what he's trying to say. Today, I'm gonna start um, by sharing a few questions I want you to consider and just really process them. You don't have to share your answers out loud or with anybody. You don't have to speak. Um, but I just, I really want you to take these questions seriously. Um, the first one is, what is perfection to you? How do you define it? Not how everyone else defines it, not what the official definition is, but what is perfection to you? The second question is, what about yourself? Do you compare with others? And the third question is, what do you gain from this comparison or comparisons? What do you get from it? What is the motive? I'm asking you to think about these questions because while there are official definitions and there's societal expectations, we have our own internal meaning and dialogue of what perfection is and our own perceptions and interpretations of how we measure up to society's expectations of us as men and women, as mothers, as fathers. 
Perfection is often defined as the action or process of improving something until it's faultless or as faultless as possible. Comparison is simply identifying similarities and dissimilarities, if that's a word. I think I made it up. It didn't come up in my autocorrect. <laughs> so I think it's wrong, <laughs> but it works. Um, identifying similarities and dissimilarities and then measuring how much they are different or similar. Unofficially, comparison is viewed as the thief of joy. And I was reading this and I thought to myself, when have, out of all the times that I've done this, whether it's in small things or big things or whatever, when have I ever felt good afterwards? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can't think of one. Who measures perfection? How do we know perfection is really perfection? Who has the authority here on this earth to make such a standard and to measure it and to say if it's perfection? In the U.S., it's common for men to be required to be dominant, controlling, avoiding weakness, restricting or hiding emotions. For women, <clears throat> society expects us to first and foremost be attractive, empathetic, submissive, and nurturing. Sadly, these norms are the most harsh during adolescence as a child. This comparison starts as a child. And it gets worse as we get older. There's so many directions I could have gone with this message. Comparison is so deep, it hurts in so many ways. So I apologize if I didn't get it all, but <laughs> maybe later we can do a series about it. Not me, you. <laughs> While we carry the weight of meeting these worldly expectations of who we should be as men and women, we compare ourselves to each other to measure whether or not we're actually achieving these standards or if we're falling short. While attempting to achieve society's expectations of who we're supposed to be, we neglect what God has created us to be. We devalue his creation and we silence and we lose sight of God's purpose in our life. It's so natural that we can do it without even noticing it or realizing it. Our focus is on all the wrong things. The standards that we aim to follow are imperfect, and therefore, 
they can never be perfect and perfection can never be accomplished. The Bible tells us in Psalms 119 that even perfection have its, has its limits. But you know who doesn't? God, your Father in heaven, does not have limits. Nor does he expect perfection from you. As Christians, we often reach for perfection because we feel that's what God wants from us because we are to be like Jesus and Jesus was perfect. We can't make mistakes. We can't be imperfect. We can't have faults. We have to be more like this person or that person because they appear more holy. But God never asked us for perfection. He asked us to have an open heart. He asked us to seek him. He asked us to love him. And he asked us to trust him. And then he asked us to try and walk every day as Jesus did. I always think of, we all know the what would Jesus do slogan, right? And it's been so publicized and just really thrown out there. But when you really think about it, in your moment, every day, what would Jesus do? He's not asking you to be Jesus. It's a consideration. When someone angers you, can you love them? Jesus would love them and see past it. When someone gets a promotion while you're jobless, can you appreciate their promotion and celebrate them? He knows we are incapable of perfection, so why would he demand it of you? In the car this morning, we received a call from a friend of ours, and he doesn't even know that I'm putting him in the message, but um, he's a very good friend of ours, and he just called us this morning in the car on the way here just to say hi, he misses us, when can we get together? And he has no idea that I was speaking today. He didn't know what I was speaking about. Um, But as the conversation progressed, he shared with us how people he has come into contact with at church often reach reach for a standard that is unattainable. And they judge others for not meeting this standard of Christianity or they're overly critical of, of how they themselves are holding up to the measurement. The believer or unbeliever sitting next to you is no less or no more human than you are. The unbeliever or believer sitting next to you is no less or more meaningful than you are. In Romans 12, two through five, we're gonna have some longer scriptures, but I promise they're fast and they're good. (laughs) It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
because of the privilege and authority that God has given me and you, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. We're not measuring ourselves by other people. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Everything that society demands of men and women directly conflicts with who God has asked us to be. We're measuring ourselves by the wrong thing. So by comparing ourselves with others, whatever that entails, small, big, whatever it is, we're moving further away from who God has designed us to be, one body, one church, and he designed us to live a joyful and purposeful life filled with his wisdom and as one. The body has many different parts, but no one part is the same as the other. God has not created Becky to be like Jewel. And God has not created Jessica to be like Rebecca. We have strengths, we have weaknesses. But God uses it all. When we seek or chase perfection and compare ourselves to one another, it is completely crippling and it not only affects us personally, but it affects our relationships, it affects how we parent, it affects what we instill in our children. It spills into everything that we manage on a daily basis. It brings division between all of God's people instead of bringing us together to be one church and one body. For me, everybody that knows me knows I'm a little transparent. Um, but for me, perfection and comparison often occur at the same time or simultaneously. And they're two of my biggest, if not the biggest, strongholds or chains or insecurities preventing me from moving forward most times. And they attack my confidence in who I am as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. They affect my confidence in who I am as a Christian. Am I a good enough one? I struggle every day not to measure myself against the strengths of other women, mothers, wives, the appearance of others, the success of others, small things, big things, even in things I can't control. The approval or encouragement of others motivates me to do more, try harder, but not without anxiety or a fear of failure. As a woman, a mother, a professional, I constantly tell myself, you're not as smart. 
you don't have the skills or the talent to do this. You can't handle a position like that. You can't ever be as beautiful as they are. You aren't as humble. You aren't as good of a cook. Your home isn't as organized. You don't show love as well as they do. You're not the mother you should be. You're not creative enough. You can't sing or worship as good as them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, we all have these long lists of things we don't do as good as other people or what the world expects us to do or react. If only I could just fix everything I hate about myself or find inferior, I could be happier. I have this, um, a few shows I like to watch. (laughs) And one is called Botched. (laughs) And it's a plastic surgery show. And these people come on this show and they compare themselves to a Barbie. An actual Barbie. And they say, I want to look like that because then I will be perfect. Not all of them. Some of them are there because of screwed up surgeries, but there are people that are trying to be what is perfection, the perfect body shape, the perfect color, but it never stops. There's people that have had 14 surgeries on their nose because it's never the shape they're looking for. Where does it stop? Where do we give ourselves a break? I don't say all this about myself to air my dirty laundry or get attention from you, but I genuinely want us all to be delivered from this standard. I believe in sharing and I believe in transparency because I want you to know you're not the only one. And I need to know I'm not the only one. (laughs) And if I am, then, you know, I had a therapy session. (laughs) But we need to give ourselves a break and find peace. Where do we look for this peace? Our Savior. We're family, the people in this building, the people online, part of Scarlet Note, we're all a family. Family shares with each other. Family is supposed to support each other, not criticize or compare our situations or feel envious because we're not where they are. I'm guilty. I do it all the time. I did it last week or the week before. I don't remember. So, Rebecca, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I love my sister-in-law, but I'm guilty of comparing myself to her. We're both moms, we're both beautiful, we're both successful, we're both married, we're both very happy. A couple months ago, my we're both in our last class of our MBA at the same time. <laughs> and um, 
a little over a month ago, my mom and my two kids came down with COVID. And um, two of my kids. And um, I was the only safe caregiver due to my husband's asthma. And um, I was also still working, but very thankful for a very great boss who really supported us. But I made the decision to drop out of my class five weeks in out of only eight weeks (laughs) because I just needed to be a mom. Then I came to church. And I heard my father-in-law congratulate my sister-in-law. And when I should have been excited for her, I was jealous. And I felt like a failure. And I told my sister-in-law, I should have been strong like you. I should have just stuck it out. I shouldn't have quit. And she said. (laughs) So uh, when she told me that, um, I say, hey, uh, you don't have to compare to me. Because, yes, I finished, but I also admire that you're kind to yourself because you were able to put a limit in your struggles. And for me, I went through that and a lot more in two years. But I'm not kind to myself sometimes, and I struggle with that because I'm a goal, like a goal-oriented, um, and I'm, I'm not able to say no. I'm, able to, I'm not able to say I can't. But I admire that her can be kind to herself and say, hey, I have a limit, and this is my limit. So you don't have to compare to me because in the process, I struggle a lot because I can, I'm not able to say no, but my body is not that strong, and my body suffers a lot. So I say, Jessica, you don't have to compare to me because I admire that you kind yourself as something that you need to applaud yourself because you're kind to yourself, and it's something that we, I don't do. So, that's why I say that day. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I asked her to come up here and share that moment between us because this is what we do. <laughs> I compared myself and there was nothing to compare. We all go through something different. Just because I chose to handle it a different way doesn't mean I'm less. I could have saved myself many emotions (laughs) that weren't necessary and then I felt guilty because it's like she's a beautiful person and deserves to be celebrated. I'll have my moment, July 9th. (laughs) Everyone is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. And I took that quote from Google. But it's true. I didn't know. I just assumed she was stronger than me. 
able to handle more than I could at one time, had a greater mental capacity to write papers and be a mom and have COVID all at the same time. And I was weaker because I couldn't. We compare our situations and we don't know what people are going through on the other side. We don't know how they got there. We see successful people, but we don't know how many times they've been said no to or turned down or the insecurities they had to face to get there. And just become something, just because something looks great on the outside doesn't mean everything is great or that it was easy or that it was without struggle. You're not inferior just because you're different or your way was different. Different is how you were created. Even in all our self-proclaimed imperfections and failures, God finds us perfect. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, designed with a purpose. And my purpose is going to be different than your purpose. How I achieve my purpose will be different than how you achieve your purpose. Can we have common ground? Absolutely. Can we complement each other? Absolutely. But we're different. And that's okay. He intended for me to have the strengths and weaknesses that I have. He designed me to have my freckles, my big feet, my small but wide ears, the color of my skin, my brain function, my inability to draw, my ability to organize and multitask, my creativity, my limited imagination. I look at my husband sometimes. I don't know where he comes up with stuff. And it makes me feel less of a mom because I couldn't come up with that imaginative scenario where we were all pirates and play out the part. (laughs) Because I'm a terrible actor. (laughs) And you will know if I'm lying because I can't lie either. Unless I believe it about myself, then I can lie. God did not design us with the intent of comparing ourselves with each other or using ourselves as a standard of measurement. But he did design us with the intent to love each other, be proud of each other, uplift and encourage each other, and compliment each other. Not only are we not designed for comparison, but the Bible even tells us it's foolish. There is literally nothing positive to gain from comparing yourself against another person. In fact, it's ignorant. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, Paul said to the church, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men and who tell you how important they are. 
but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. How ignorant. Other words you could put there is uninformed, how uneducated, how mindless. We will never, ever, ever, ever find fulfillment or measure up to the world's standards and expectations, we will always come short. We are imperfect, so we cannot be the standard measurement for perfection. When we live a life through a false lens, we are placing too much focus on what people think of us and not enough focus on God and who God has designed us to be. The act of comparison actually mocks God's design of everything that you are. You're mocking him. Every time I say I'm not smart enough, I'm telling God he didn't do good enough. When I compare myself or yourself, we instill jealousy, doubt, stress, insecurities, failure, weakness, inferiority. I had to practice that word. <laughs> Shame, guilt, anger, whatever other negative you can think of, because it's the thief of joy. Nothing good can come from I found this quote while I was researching, and it's from Ayanla Van Sant, who's somebody in TV. Comparison is an act of violence against the self. Think about that. Nobody's doing it to you. We always say we're our own worst critic. act of comparison is committing violence against yourself. But how does it get better? How do we stop? When we fix our eyes on what is good and perfect, our Father in heaven, then we will find peace, we will find confidence, we will find fulfillment. We won't feel the need to please other people or find the approval from other people. Our motive changes. Think to yourself about that one of those questions I asked, what is your motive? Why do we compare? Is it because we don't feel that we measure up or to please people or because we're not being good enough Christians? If I could only be the Christian that she is or worship, pray like him, fast as long as them, drive as good as them. 
Galatians 1.10 says, obviously. That seems so easy. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Obviously. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. It's not a very long verse, but it's pretty dynamic. And I think there's a lot to gain from it. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. So how can I serve God and try to please people at the same time? Because that's what comparison is. We don't compare ourselves so that we can be better for God. We compare ourselves because we don't feel like we're winning the approval of the person that's next to us or that we're comparing ourselves to. We're not doing life as good as them. Our outcome isn't as cool or as successful. We literally have nothing to prove. We don't need to prove anything. Not to ourselves, not to other people. We're going to stand out because we are all different. We're going to stand out because we don't follow the same standards as believers. But because we're human, we have distorted the standards and raised false expectations of how we're to achieve God's purpose in our life, how we are to achieve success, beauty. We're not here to win the approval of others because there is no approval they can give that means more than God's approval. We're not going to fit the mold of what society has crafted. His perfection and creation in me is different from every human on this planet. His perfect creation in you was not designed to be like me. You are perfect. Not without flaws, but you're perfect because God designed you exactly how he wanted you. Everything that you are was done purposefully. Can we improve? Can we be better people? Can we, have, can we have godly character and work on our growth? Absolutely. God also doesn't want us to be complacent. He doesn't want us to grow stale. He wants us to continue to seek wisdom and, and be better. But not perfect. Will God be happy with your heart? Your intentions, your decisions, is what you're doing pleasing to God. That's your motive. Not what other people think. Not if it's making other people happy. Will God be satisfied? Will God be glorified? Will God be pleased? Because at the end of the day, guess who we report to? <laughs> We all sit in front of him in heaven, and he's not going to say, Jessica, you weren't as holy as Gladys. 
He's going to say, Jessica, remember that situation I put in front of you and I gave you the opportunity, but you didn't trust me. As I was preparing this, it's like, it's so easy to talk about what we do and how we do it. It's harder to practice it. How do we rid ourselves of these standards and expectations? The good thing is we have our Bible. (laughs) And even I myself who gets complacent, And I forget that there's answers. And it takes times like these to find them. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we could ever understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Always seek God first. Always. Making coffee. God, how can I be better today? Help me see what you see. How do I become who you've designed me to be? Pray about everything. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be pastoral. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's your heart. God knows our heart. Fix your eyes on God, his word. Practice what you learn. Love your neighbor. Love the people who are not like-minded. Love the people who are different from you. Love the people who don't agree with you. Love the people who criticize you. Just love, 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 love. Love. Love conquers all. We say it all the time. But it literally does. Because God said it does. It can break barriers in you. And it can help other people. That is not the thief of joy. Move with humility and do because it is pleasing in the eyes of God. 
Philippians 2, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Not be perfect. At the end of the day, when we face our Father in heaven, he's going to hold us accountable for our very own conduct, our own actions, our own decisions. We'll be accountable for how we personally loved people and carried out his purpose in our life and handled situations. Nobody else will be considered in our moment. All those comparisons that we made <laughs> mean nothing. As we wrap up, I just <clears throat> want to give you something to take home and chew on and maybe a little bit of a challenge. I'm going to be doing it too. I already started, sort of. But today we're going to take some advice from Paul. Miriam's favorite guy. He says, I want you to examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Are you living your life as a committed believer? Can you find evidence that Jesus is in you? Or are you a counterfeit? Are you a knockoff of somebody else? And then, once you've identified this, test yourselves. I'll go first. As a believer, I claim that I have faith in God's process and all things are possible. I claim that he can create paths despite my credentials or understanding or whatever other criteria. However, as I'm nearing the end of my MBA, I have doubt in my ability to be the to do the caliber of job that I would be credentialed to do. Testing my true faith would be to pursue those positions that I feel unqualified for. That I feel inadequate for. Even though I've gone through all the same process, I don't actually think I could do it. As a matter of fact, I've caught myself even considering options that have nothing to do with my degree <laughs> so that I don't have to face it. Testing my true faith means that I am putting my faith in God 
and I'm trusting his design and my skills, my purpose. And that I can actually do the job. He's going to give me what I need. The job that I get will be the perfect job because it's what God has designed in my life. And I can't even say what it is. <laughs> I don't know what the perfect job would be. But I know when that door opens, it'll be perfect because it's what God gave me. And God won't give me anything I can't handle. Will it be easy? No. Will I struggle? Yes. But can I do it without comparing myself to my boss or to my co colleagues? Could I manage people and feel like this is how I want to do it, and it's okay. I don't have to problem solve like her. I don't have to reach solutions like them and budget with this type of spreadsheet. <laughs> so this week, think of how you can test yourself. How can you rid yourself of the standards and expectations that you carry? We may not all carry the same ones. But what we can all do is faith it till we make it. <laughs> God will always show up. He just needs our open heart and our willingness and our faith. Stop comparing yourselves to others. You can put that last one up. You're awesome. She's awesome. He's awesome. It doesn't matter what our strengths and weaknesses are. It doesn't matter the success. It doesn't matter the income. It doesn't matter the car, the house. Just stop. You'll find joy. Relief. <laughs> and peace because you're being who God asked you to be someone you weren't created to be. That's why it doesn't feel good. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. I ask you, God, to just bring out those insecurities, Lord God. Bring out those standards. Father, I just rid people, Lord, rid people of these expectations, the need to compare, to measure up, God, the need to be perfect. Father, help us to seek you more and find you more, Lord. Be with us every second of every day, God. Thank you for being available when we need it and when we don't. When we're looking and when we're not. You are the constant, Lord. We 
Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.